Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second episode this week for the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. Once again, we're going to start off with some NFL talk and then finish off with some college football talk. So let's just dive right in. This week, we want to talk about Lamar Jackson and his contract negotiations. Lamar is looking for a fully guaranteed deal from the Ravens, but the Ravens are biding their time. Lamar has said, however, that by week one, he wants to do nothing but focus on football. So Lucas... What do you think? Is Lamar making a mistake with this old school mentality? And should he actually just hold out instead of committing to play football? So to some degree, I guess I do respect it. Like the dude just loves playing football. And that's the only thing he's focused on in the moment. So for that reason, I do have a little bit of respect for what he's doing. And I hope he has a great season. Um, I'm rooting for him. Um, but that being said, I'm not convinced is really his best move. If his whole plan is to just maximize his contract value and his financial gains from football. I think holding out obviously creates a situation with the Ravens, who absolutely cannot win without him. Um, the whole offense revolves around him and is designed around him, and the Ravens need him. So if they want him to play, they need to pay him. Simple as that for a contract. And for holdouts among like pretty big stars or crucial players this season, it's been pretty effective in those guys getting new contracts. Guys like Debo Samuel, Derwin James, DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson all held out. And the only really big name who held out this year who didn't get a new contract or sort of returned with their old contract is Roquan Smith. So I think in looking all of that, I think that Lamar is better than most of those guys, and so holding out would be an effective te- technique to sort of get the Ravens to the table and have them actually negotiate it, because they do need him just as much, if not more, as guys like Debo Samuel, Duran James, etc. So do I think overall, then, it's a mistake? I mean, I don't know if it's a mistake. If his priority is just to, you know, ball, then I respect it. Um, but I think that that being said, if he wants to get a new contract and wants to like maximize his value, it would probably help him out if he, uh, if he could sit out based on how effective it's been for a lot of other players of his caliber this off season. Yeah. Basically the only compelling reason I saw for why he shouldn't was, uh, who's it? Marcellus Wiley said that he, he shouldn't even worry about getting hurt because like Dak got hurt and then he came back and he still got paid. So Wiley is basically saying literally play doesn't matter. You're going to get money. <laughs> I don't But like, that's like the only even semi compelling reason that I saw. I feel like otherwise there's absolutely no reason why he should play. What confuses me is like, what are the Ravens waiting for? You know, like I feel like it's the guaranteed money Kirk. Yeah. But Kirk got guaranteed money, you know, like I think yeah. they would definitely prefer having Lamar as the QB over Kirk. Yeah. yeah but they don't want to pay a Deshaun like, Watson, like payout. Yeah. And apparently the, uh-huh. go ahead. Yeah. No, the like the guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson saw was pretty much unheard of, right? Yeah. Compared to other NFL contracts of that size in terms of the amount of it that was guaranteed. So I feel like like the Kirk contract was a lot less than that, right? It was like thirty a year or something at the time, um, and like three or four years. So I think they are scared of that. And the rest of the league, according to the ultimate source of truth, Colin Coward. Apparently the rest of the owners were mad about the Browns giving Deshaun Watson um, guaranteed money. Cause then that forces all these other players to start asking for that. And I think the Ravens are trying to like buck that trend right away, like stop that trend right away, right away. And essentially insane. Like 
the, the Browns don't know how to do. Kyler Murray. Huh? The the Cardinals paid Kyler Murray without a fully guaranteed contract. Exactly. Is that really the trend? I mean, Lamar Jackson. Well, that's, what Lamar totally that's, why. that's what Lamar wants. And that's what he, that's well, the trend he started. He wants to start. And he's and better Lamar's than worth more than Kyler right <clears throat> yeah, now. Exactly. Right. I mean, he's, he's worth MVP more than both. He should of them. be at least. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's more worth more than both. It look, look this, the, I think the biggest mistake Lamar has, and this isn't. I know that his mom is heavily involved with argue with a uh, creating. We're talking about their contract stuff, and he's a, a big part of it as well. The reason why the one week deadline is kind of hollow is it's not a threat to the Ravens in any means. It's not. It's not you have until week one, or I'm not playing. It's that you have until week one, and then this this discussion is over, and they're like, okay, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Like what 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 is, what kind of they can't talk long hours into the night because Lamar Jackson has practice and he has to be available to the team and do team other things. If he had an agent who was doing all that, then they can negotiate over, you know, throughout the night up until two, three in the morning, they can negotiate during the season. So Lamar can still focus on football and and do all that other stuff. And I think that that's the biggest thing I don't, him showing up to practice is fine. Um, He probably shouldn't be practicing, but I think the agent is where you kind of draw the line in the sand and you say like, this is not happening and I'm going to get you your contract because I can dedicate the time to it. And Lamar Jackson can't do that as both a player and an agent. Very hardly ever outside of like Richard Sherman, have we seen a really deeply negotiated deal, but Richard Sherman was also a free agent at the time that he negotiated his contract. He had the time to do all that kind of stuff and Lamar does not. And it's, I think that that's going to be his biggest mistake. Um, as far as like the Ravens go, it, look, I understand it, it's a, it's a rock and a hard place. The owners obviously are mad at the Browns for the, the fully guaranteed contract, but as a quarterback for Lamar being next up, you know, only does he want to get as much money, but kind of deep down in the back of his mind, he does have a responsibility in a way to reshape the quarterback market going forward. And, you know, I think that that is a criticism that Patrick Mahomes got is that he didn't, he could have, he could have gotten whatever he wanted to. And he still took kind of took a layup deal and it was, it's interestingly structured, but he doesn't really have as much guaranteed money. So it's like, Oh, if Patrick Mahomes isn't going to take guaranteed money. Then why should I give it to you? And now I think Lamar Jackson is kind of in the middle of, of both those worlds between Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody talks about Tom Brady that way though anymore, and he's always done that too. Is taking pay cuts. They talk about his Super era. Bowls. Mm-hmm. Different era. Yeah, maybe. The money wasn't the same when Tom Brady was making his his in the prime of his career. I feel like this kind of like harkens back to our conversation about Kyler in in the in the sense of like if the Ravens aren't going to give him money, it seems like they're saying they think that mm-hmm. they can replace him with a better alternative. And that's what is so strange to me because Lamar has like already won an MVP. He's clearly so, like he's so good. If they lose him, they're just it seems like they're just back to square one. And like I know people will say quarterbacks who get paid like usually can't win Super Bowls. Like teams have a really hard time winning and putting together a winning roster when their quarterback is taking up a huge portion of the salary cap. But like I just think it must be so frustrating as a Ravens fan to say, like, okay, we had our franchise quarterback and we just lost him because we didn't want to give him guaranteed money. And it's, like, back yeah. to square one. Right. Yeah, because, like, John Harbaugh said something this week about Tyler Huntley, like, <laughs> being able to start in the NFL, which, like, I'm sure it might not have been intended as 
as this, but it, it sounded like them trying to be like, oh, we don't we don't need this per se. He can start in the I'm same sure. fashion ridiculous that, that, that they would can start. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Like he could play, but he's not Lamar Jackson. That's for sure. And you're, you would uh, look and so that's why it's like, okay. yeah, and like Lamar Jackson's week one deadline to me did not seem that crazy because I would have expected the Ravens to also want this. Yeah, the Ravens to still be wanting to talk about this deal. Um, that's why, like, it, it despite him, you know, representing himself and going at it on his own. Like it's it seemed fairly reasonable so far, um, so I I want the deal to happen to some degree, and I would be again as someone alluded to earlier, I think it was you Bart. Like if I was a Ravens fan, I'd be pissed if a deal isn't done to some degree. Like Lamar Jackson clearly has earned the spot as QB of the future. Right. Yeah, no, I think there's no way there's no way Harbaugh wants Tyler Hundley or whoever you said yeah. you said to start. He wants to win games. He wants Lamar there. There's no way he wants freaking Hunley. All right. Well, let's move on now and close the episode out with some more college football talk. Specifically, we're going to talk about the Nebraska Cornhuskers, our favorite team. We talked about Scott Frost a few episodes ago and about how he was on the hot seat. And that seems to have continued because the season started and the Cornhuskers lost 31-28 to Northwestern. Uh, That was a game that was played in Dublin. So, Jared, what do you think? Did this performance by Nebraska tell us anything about what to expect this season? I was hoping they'd win because then it'd be a little bit more interesting. But no, it it does. It tells us everything that no matter how many times their offensive linemen vomit during practice, they're still the same old (laughs) Nebraska and I, dude, I don't know. I, I don't really have much to say. Like being a Nebraska fan must be the most heartbreaking. It's worse than being a Notre Dame fan by far. Being a Nebraska fan is absolutely terrible. Always losing close games. I thought Casey Thompson coming in would solve a lot of that because Martinez was terrible. So frustrating to watch. I could not watch him. Casey Thompson was a lot better. He wasn't accurate, but it, it, at the end of the day, his interceptions were tipping off of receivers' hands. You got to catch those. You know, like they, yes, they were behind, but I think you got to catch those um, to a certain extent. Like Scott Frost, his seat is like in the magma. He's definitely not going to make it through the season, unfortunately. Um, which you know is unfortunate because it does seem like he. I mean, he was a good coach, you know, at UCF. So we'll see like what lies in the future mm-hmm. for him. But I think probably both sides at this point see like this just isn't working. You know what I mean? It's just one of those. Daniel Ricardo and F1 scenarios right now too. McLaren, it just he, super talented. It's just not working in the current situation. Um, I don't even really have much to say. They're just they're just the got the most frustrating sports team I think I've ever seen. It's it's just crazy. Do we want to throw out all the stats about one loss game or about one score games at this point? Because I've got a few. Uh, yeah, I have um, one. You probably have the same one. Since the beginning of last year, they are three and ten. All of those losses have been by one score. Um, Scott Frost overall is five and twenty-one in one-score games in Nebraska. Is that crazy? Like at a certain point, it's one hundred percent on the coach. Yeah, like a few games, oh, yeah. sure, but that's—I mean—that's just insane. I mean, Mister Onside Kick. Exactly. Yeah, that was <laughs> eleven that was in the third quarter. <laughs> That was terrible. Uh, we couldn't have foreseen them like scoring twice in a row or whatever he said. It's like <laughs> they they had all the momentum. It's like you didn't need to be all cute right. and do an onside kick. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my favorite stat is someone sent it in the group chat, but the one about over the last eight or nine games, the point differential being mm. like minus two, <laughs> even though they've gone like uh-huh. one and eight or one and nine. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're one and eight or whatever, and one and nine, and their pl- their overall point differential is minus two. What was the win? <laughs> yeah, that, like, they like really, like, 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 really buoyed all of that. Yeah. Hold on, I, uh, I'm looking it up right now. Hold on, I'll see. Bart, what was your stat? Um, yeah, it was the five and twenty-one one. Oh, okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's very sad. Yo, Scott Frost is gonna be picked up so fast though when he's fired. Uh, I feel but like he shouldn't be. I, you know, I, I think it's worth picked it. Picked up like, as a head coach? Kind of like a probability thing. Yeah, I think he will be. I think he'll be picked up fast. Well, so do you think it's more likely that the Nebraska performance is a fluke than the UCF performance? Kind of, yes. Given the stats that we've just said, I think it's like yeah. they're crazy stats. Like, yes, I'm sure it has something to do with his decision making and, you know, close games. That seems evident. But just like still, there's no way that you lose... In a in a normal simulation, you'd lose that many of those games. <laughs> I looked it up. the The win was they beat Northwestern fifty six to seven on October second oh, last Northwestern. year. Northwestern. Oh. oh god, <laughs> they repaid the favor. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, Jared, I think being a Nebraska fan is like must be a different kind of like torture as a sport. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I just know, like imagine that many want like being three and ten in the last season plus and every single game being a one score loss. Yeah, that would rip your heart off. I don't off. know if I can endure that. I know. Multiple overtimes games in there against good teams, doesn't matter. You're gonna lose by one score every time. Just wait. It's all gonna turn around now. They're gonna beat Oklahoma in week four. <laughs> They're gonna win out. That would really have the A D yeah, scratching Frost his head on laughing. what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you I know that's that's gonna be an interesting <laughs> game because I feel like that could be potentially close. So at least it's guaranteed. It's almost guaranteed. To be close. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Any game, but then against Bama, I, it's gonna be close. Apparently, <laughs> you know what I kind of hope happens is that they play North Dakota and Georgia Southern in the next two games. Mm-hmm. I hope they like drop fifty on each of them and then have a positive point differential for the entire season, just because they scored like <laughs> they like a plus a hundred in these next two games or something like that. If I think it's entirely possible based on the team that they could go two and ten and have a positive point differential. <laughs> By the end of the year. Given their history, that's an extremely lukewarm take. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, well, before we end, I wanted to ask, no longer related to Nebraska, does anybody have any strong opinions at all about the fact that this game was played in Ireland and neither of these teams is related to Ireland in any way? Or about college football's international games at all? (laughs) Does college football need international games? Yeah, that's weird. The NFL, I I get it, but college football? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the NFL should happen first, and then maybe the college football would follow. But it's it's a weird thing for a European yeah. or for you know someone just not in the U.S. to get into. Exactly, like it's very regional. You know? Yeah, it's very regional. Like NFL teams are glo- are want to be global brands, and that makes sense. But it doesn't really make sense for a college team to be a global. I don't think, at least, college football to be a global yeah. brand just doesn't seem. Let alone Nebraska. Oh, so would you say that? Notre Dame's game next year doesn't even make sense. Jared. No, I think Notre Dame's an exception. <laughs> Notre Dame <laughs> exceptionalism. <laughs> exactly. Clearly. Exactly. We're different, but uh, but I do feel like they kind of work out in this case because they've associated themselves with a specific country. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Though <laughs> so it seems like everyone was happy to be at the Nebraska game because did y'all see that the like yeah the the credit card you know readers or whatnot were down and so everyone got free beer. Yeah. And they built that so big it, snake. It seems, it seems like that's the way to make, you know, Ireland happy with uh, college football games. <laughs> no, it was I, also I a, an entertaining game. It actually they was. Got a, yeah. yeah. They got a good game. Mm-hmm. 
the comment I saw in some article was like Scott Frost must have gotten some of the free beer when he chose to take the outside <laughs> or whatever. I saw uh, at the end of the game, Scott Frost said something like, "There's a little bit of inexperience with our offensive play callers or whatever." And I saw some tweet that was like, uh, "Scott Frost needs to remember that you need to throw your team under the bus on the other side of the road in Ireland." Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right. Well, with that, I think we're going to wrap up the episode for the day. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure that in the future you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on SoundCloud. Um, rating us five stars on all of those. We really appreciate it. Check us out social media. We got Instagram. We got TikTok. We got Twitter. It's at on Lunch Pail Guys underscore. We'll see you next week.